Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is the Open Source and Finance Podcast from Finos, and I'm your host, Grizz Griswold. And in this episode of the podcast, Finos Director of Community, James McLeod, sits down with the Deutsche Bank Waltz team after a very engaging meetup that was on Waltz in London a few weeks ago. And they discuss the Waltz public instance and what implications that has for the rest of the Waltz and Finos community. So with that, let's hit the music. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Finos Open Sourcing Finance podcast, where I'm joined by the Finos Waltz project team. I'm James McLeod, Finos Director of Community, and I'd like to introduce you to David Watkins, Jessica Woodland-Scott, and Neil Pierce from Deutsche Bank, and Pedro Cruz from Canonical. So team, would you like to just go around um, the team and just introduce yourselves and uh, let the listeners know who you are and what you do? So maybe starting with yourself, David. Okay, sure. So uh, Dave Hawkins, uh, I work for Deutsche Bank. I've been working for them for about uh, six years now. Uh, and I've been working on Waltz pretty much that, well, for that, that entire time. And yourself, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. It'd be great to, to hear more about you. Thanks. Uh, hi, my name's Jess. I am a developer on the Waltz application at Deutsche Bank as well. I joined the team three years ago as part of the grad programme and I've been there ever since. Hi, so my name is Neil Pearce. Uh, I, I also work for Deutsche Bank. I've been at the bank for 16 years. Uh, I'm Head of Architecture Platforms uh, for the Corporate Technology Office uh, and I'm also the Programme Director for the Waltz programme. Welcome to the podcast, Neil and Jessica. And finally, Pedro, um, would you be able to introduce yourself too, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me here, James. Uh, my name is Pedro Cruz. I am a member of the Juju Project and I work for Canonico. I've been working for Canonico, well, uh, as an open source collaborator for some time now. Um, I'm a product lead there and uh, we work together with the Waltz team to work on a charmed operator for Waltz this past month. That's fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us, Pedro. And I know that you're a member of um, the Waltz team as an open source contributor. So it's really great to have somebody, you know, part of the discussion who's not part of Deutsche Bank, who are the original contributors. And so as we um, talk about the uh, Waltz contribution, maybe David and team, can you tell me um, when was Waltz first contributed um, to Finos? Uh, so Waltz. Uh, was open source um, from its beginning, but um, Deutsche Bank contributed it to Finos in 2019, I believe. I think in the springtime. Yes, yes about a, about a, it was about a six months incubation period, uh, whilst we sort of dotted the I's and crossed the T's, and then it became a, a fully active uh, Finos uh, project. Yeah, Waltz is one of the, uh, the initial flagship open source offerings for Deutsche Bank and was actually communicated externally, uh, both at the board level and uh, external to, uh, in our press articles. So, so why was um, Waltz actually contributed to open source at all? Um, what was the reason and motivation behind that? Uh, well, it kind of started off as uh, open source. I mean, it sort of predates uh, Deutsche Bank's involvement to a degree. I was working on Waltz before I joined the bank. Uh, it was still very embryonic. 
but the, the bank sort of saw the, the promise uh, of Waltz and sort of really sort of sponsored uh, myself and, uh, and work on Waltz throughout the team. Um, but it, I think it just makes sense for tools like this, which are uh, about, we're trying to sort of socialize the architecture information to make those tools as widely available as possible. And also uh, both from users and contributors, you know, getting other banks to use these, so you can get standardization, looking at, you know, collaborators adding new functionality, even if it's just bug reports and documentation. So was Waltz actually being used within Deutsche Bank before it actually made it into GitHub at all? Uh, not really, no. It was definitely, uh, it was in GitHub already, but it was under a different project. Uh, it was uh, it was being deployed in, within Deutsche Bank from that GitHub project. And then as part of the, uh, the Finos work, we transferred effectively ownership of that project from this uh, original sort of organization to the organization. So that's um, pretty amazing. Did um, Deutsche Bank take um, much convincing to consume a project that was originally um, created as an open source project? Um, in short answer is no, um, because open source was uh, an aspiration of some of the senior leadership managers here at the time. Um, and obviously the heads of department wanted to, certainly in the IT organization, wanted to embrace open source. Um, we've had other uh, applications in the firm identified potentially as things we, we were looking to open source community and open source contributions. Um, but actually going with Waltz uh, as a proposition was something we did a lot of due diligence around at the time. Um, and obviously when we did, we put together the business case and the, and the pros and cons for it. No, it, it didn't. It didn't take a lot of convincing. It took time to do the due diligence, but actual fact, convincing to go open source, no, we had a lot of support for that. So in the early days of Waltz, did the original system kind of meet the use cases that Deutsche Bank needed to answer, you know, as part of like an internal banking engineering um, organization? The, the background of Waltz was originally aimed at um, architecture governance as a specific piece of work that we wanted to do. Uh, it was a gap that we had at the firm. Um, and in terms of, of that, as the, that was the predominant use case to help us uh, en masse across a, a wider population of projects and, and programs, a portfolio of change across the bank. The aim was to use a, a solution that, that could help us assess that portfolio from a, a kind of high level architecture perspective and, and subsequently make investment decisions on it. I think that was the original use case, but it's fair to say that, that what Waltz does today has gone uh, far above that, that original ask and, and the opportunity and uh, the value that we've subsequently gone with it has, has, has gone far beyond what we originally planned for. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason that I asked that question is through listening to your previous answers, it would seem as if Waltz was originally an open source first solution to a problem. And um, in my experience of working within banks, you know, sometimes things go out to tender and you get lots of different proprietary systems. And so I was just astounded that, you know, Deutsche Bank did, you know, take the initiative to actually invest in an open source first project and then develop it further. Um, would you say that that was always the intention, you know, to take some something that checked the boxes um, of what you needed and then invest on it and take it beyond, you know, the original capabilities? 
Yeah, so just, just as a bit of background to, to how Walks basically came into the bank and how it was subsequently sponsored and blessed uh, as the way to go. So, like I said, just touching on what I said earlier, we, we originally had identified a, a problem, or more of an opportunity really, which was how to assess our, our change portfolio across a, a huge global investment bank across, like I said, you know, a high number of programmes and thousands of projects. We're talking about a, a multi-year, multi, multi-million investment in the firm. Um, and in order to try and assess those, those programs and projects from an architecture perspective, even high level was very, very difficult. Uh, originally, we used to do, do things in a good old fashioned kind of audit style way, which is to try and talk to program managers, talk to the architects to understand what was being proposed and what was in flight uh, versus what was in ideation and, and, and wanting to, to be funded. And in short, that was almost impossible to do for an organization the size of Deutsche Bank. Um, multiple businesses, multiple regions, it's, it's huge. Um, so very quickly, we, we obviously, you know, made the decision that we need tooling here. We need, we need automation. Um, so we went about, uh, standard kind of due diligence for a period of about six months, looking at what we had internally, ultimately to answer the question, build or buy, um, looking internally, uh, looking at the applications we have, obviously, uh, a lot of people that, that know Deutsche Bank are aware we, we already have a lot of the kind of traditional big EA solutions. Um, that you can find in sort of Gartner reviews and Forrester waves, things like that. Um, but what tends to happen is you only ever manage to use sort of 10% of the capability of those tools, and they're very expensive, certainly from a licensing perspective. And obviously, if you need, if you need to change those those tools, especially vendor, you know, your, your traditional vendor products, cost products, that's not always a good thing, and it's not always an easy thing to do. Um, so, having looked at what we had in 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 house, and also looking at what the kind of top players were in the market. Um, We'd outlined kind of what our, our foundational requirements were. We also outlined what our kind of aspirational requirements were for this tool. Um, and then because we were aware of, of David and, and the, uh, the project, the open source project that was in flight, um, and because it kind of ticked our, our aspirations around open source commitment, it was a case of, well, we think we can, we think we've identified a gap in the market where, where there doesn't seem to be anything that does this kind of uh has this kind of features has this kind of functionality um so it was a completely unique proposition and and basically we we made the brave decision shall we say to to invest in in that to invest in the open source approach so it wasn't purely build or buy actually it was option it was the new option which is the open source option which is contribute um and i think that partnerships work well and we we've essentially ended up creating a solution that that fills a gap that even to this day i don't think there's a solution out there that that does that so that's its usp so having invested in an open source project um which is vaults which is what we're talking about what flexibility does uh developing your own tool actually bring to the table versus you know investing in a proprietary system that you don't necessarily have full control over um i think it kind of gives you in some ways the sort of the best of both worlds uh, in as much as uh, if you go for a pure sort of greenfield, you know, build it yourself approach, obviously you can tailor it to the nth degree. You don't have to ask permission. You, you know, you're making it fit your use cases very, very accurately. Open source, uh, especially if you're taking a very active contribution stance, like Deutsche Bank did. I mean, uh, by far the, the largest contributor. Uh, then they get to to mould the project. Uh, so that uh, they don't have to sort of do all the engineering, they're building upon some foundations that were set, 
uh, but they can very much sort of um, steer the project where they want, which does, of course, bring its own challenges because we've got to make sure that uh, the, the direction that Deutsche Bank wants to take Waltz uh, isn't too bespoke and would turn the tool into basically a, uh, an internal tool that just happened to have been open sourced. You know, we've got to maintain that focus of making sure the features that we, we add and contribute are general purpose enough that they would find a wider audience. I think it also addresses, it, it focuses the mind, uh, certainly focuses on business value. You know, you're, it's outcome driven. It's what are we trying to achieve? And what's the outcome we want? And that's what we're going to focus on because ultimately that's that's where you get your biggest bang for your buck. Um, I think what you tend to find is if you go with a traditional COTS product, depending on the size of it, depending on what you've purchased, because a lot of these COTS products are, are, have licensable modules, and that's the, the commercial structure of it. You end up buying, often buying, you know, a, a very monolithic behemoth sort of set of set of modules and solutions. And the fact is that you in some instances you find yourself trying to use modules and trying to use capabilities and features because you purchased them whereas actually what you really want to be doing is focusing your attention focusing your efforts on building out the capabilities that truly deliver on what you need yes that might be in a point in time and today's point you do have to try and keep honest in terms of not not over over customizing something um but i think it just focuses you on building what you need rather than necessarily trying to use something that you you've bought and may or may not get value out, but, but ultimately distracts you. So I think it, it keeps you focused is the main thing I'd say that. And with Waltz being an open source project, are you aware of any other banks or any other businesses who are actually using it um, at the moment? Um, we certainly got, uh, a, uh, obviously, Deutsche Bank's on the flagship, uh, but NatWest Markets, uh, I think that is part of the RBS group, isn't it? Uh, they they were using it and they were using it to help with their uh, sort of cloud migration sort of strategy. Uh, we're aware of several other banks who are still in sort of the trial uh, sort of development phases, and there has been a, uh, a sort of a noticeable uptick in activity uh, amongst the community in the last few months, uh, partly through the sort of renewed efforts of the outreach stuff that we've been doing in partnership with Finos. And hopefully, uh, the lowering the barrier barriers to entry, uh, which is you know, some of the stuff that Canonical's been working on with the Juju, and we've had other contributions uh, around Docker images, and they're again helping to ease people into the the project. That's fantastic. I'd like to um kind of cast a spotlight on the the reasons why people would use boards and you know the types of um use cases that the bank could actually you know kind of focus on um in order to get answers you know through the system and so um between the team on the call it'll be good to you know really understand the reason why you know a bank would actually start using Waltz and maybe focus on you know those use cases to to bring to life a little bit if that's if that's good. Well, Waltz at its heart is a enterprise architecture tool, so it brings together a lot of different entities that can be um, found in a large organisation, so things like applications, organisational units, change programs that are happening in the bank, and it can pull them together so you get a holistic view of your technology or application landscape. Um, and what Waltz does is it shine a spotlight on aggregate views. So you could see, for example, um, from a specific org unit, 
everything that the application is rolling up into that um, would have attached to it. So you can attach other entities, other taxonomies, for example, business functional taxonomies or uh, processes that are occurring in the bank or even technology products um, to those applications and get an aggregated view of those. Um, what this can do is allow you to sort of get insights into your landscape, in particular our, our road, uh, new report grid functionality is very useful for that. So you can sort of cross-reference all these different entities associated to applications and start to see where things align and where things differ. For example, if an application is aligned to a function that is payments, um, involved in payments process, but none of the flows also associated to that application have any payments data being transferred, then that sort of highlights that hole um, and may require further investigation. So that's just one use case that's been sort of prioritized at the moment within Deutsche Bank. Um, Neil, do you want to talk about maybe the logical flows or the BCBS use cases? Yeah, sure. So so I'll give you the I'll give you the context and then maybe one of you guys can talk about how it how it's visualized in the tool. Um, so it's, it's coming from from a business angle. So in a large organization like Deutsche Bank, we have a lot of regulatory pressure, but obviously it also is relevant to, to, to strategy and investment. Um, we have to understand how interconnected our organization is. So if you think about application landscape, you know, this firm, we have something like 5,000 software assets. And we have, uh, if you include uh, business applications and, and business, what we call users and user developed applications, we have potentially up to sort of, you know, circa 12,000 uh, assets that we effectively have to try and draw a relationship between and draw a conclusion on. Um, so what Waltz allows you to do is create what we call uh, logical data flows. Uh, effectively, it shows the how interconnected this organization is. So using the community, using the, the engineering community, the project management community, business analysts, architects, Waltz enables us to effectively capture the relationships, the data relationships and the data services that exist between those applications so we can visualize that uh, and subsequently if you think about the business context behind that if you think about data lineage regulation um, certain risk uh, risk lineage regulation certainly in the americas there's a lot of regulatory scrutiny uh, around lineage and data lineage and, and effectively being able to trace trace data through the stack um, what waltz enables you to do is draw that picture and and to just this point earlier uh, draw those insights um, and obviously, uh, there's lots of other things you can you can infer from looking at those 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 interactions. Um, but obviously, it enables us to answer the regulatory questions, uh, and it provides a, a robust way of of demonstrating that we understand how interconnected and and not just what the risk is around it, but also what the uh, what the underlying data and metadata is that that makes that kind of dare I say Internet of Things kind of come together in terms of the organisation. Yeah, another part to the flows is uh, looking at what we've been calling flow classification rules. Uh, they were formerly called authoritative source rules. And that's really looking at how we can uh, ensure that the bank is right sourcing its information. So the flows that Neil was talking about a few minutes ago, uh, they're often classified in terms of the data types that they use. So we have a whole sort of taxonomy of data types. Uh, and what we can do there is we can say for this particular data type, and then this is the, say, the authoritative system. It's an authoritative distributor of this data, or this system is a legacy distributor of that data. Once we've got those sort of uh, almost kind of opinions of data flows, we can overlay that on the actual data flows. So we can say, you now system X is the authoritative system for counterparty data. That then allows us to score every single counterparty data 
flow in the bank because we can just say, okay, does it come from system X? Okay, if it does, green, tick. If it doesn't, red, not so good. But we can then use that information to roll that up and start giving aggregate reports on basically an authoritative source, uh, sourcing scorecard. So that different areas of the organization can see, okay, from my subset of the application, how, oh, sorry, subset of the application portfolio, how many of my flows are coming from uh, authoritative sources versus how much is coming effectively being wrong sourced. It's coming from systems which aren't blessed as distributors of that type of information. That's just sort of following on as, a, as a, a concrete example of how we can use walls to sort of drive the behaviors of the organization by making things measurable and allowing us to sort of drive the behavior and the, the policies forward. Um, another sort of use case is around uh, sort of uh, process management. I'll let Neil sort of introduce that. Sure. So um, one of the, I guess, coming back to what we said earlier on in the podcast, which was about you know how the position of waltz and, and what we decide, what we've just used it for and subsequently how how it's extended should we say as we've been on this journey um one of the recent regulations or more recent regulations which is it's actually the eba ict regulation so it's the european banking authority and it's the information uh, and communication technology regulations um not to bore people with regulation because it's obviously long and wordy but at the heart of it effectively the regulation is about how you how you relate your business architecture and your technology architecture how you you bridge the gap between uh, business strategy and business outcomes and subsequently the technical architecture that enables it um, so from a process perspective the regulation um, basically highlights the fact that you need to be able to articulate and relate your business processes uh, right from the top of the shop, right down through into the technology landscape that delivers and enables those business processes. Um, so this is where Waltz goes above and beyond, you know, the application layer, and it starts to actually be an architecture information service because it starts to bridge that gap between business and and technology architecture. So the regulation obviously poses us a challenge in terms of how can you know how can you show the regulators and how can you provide assurance that you know, you know, that the processes you're operating. You know that relates and, and is, there's a very clear um, lineage shall we say a very clear explain for the underlying technology being used to deliver that and i'll uh, i'll let jess explain kind of the work we did using walks to, to answer that question mm -hmm. so um we worked on a piece where we started by bringing in the beacon end diagrams from sparks into waltz and sort of redrawing them um there and then using the other data and vaults we were able to back each of the presses in that with one of the taxonomy items to show a bit more contextual information and also link the applications to those diagrams um, by the processes um, that we already had mappings and vaults for um, by doing this we could then see which applications revolve which stages within the process flow um, and start linking the different diagrams um, together so you can navigate more easily from one process to sort of sub-process within that um, yeah and, and flag out sort of the, the pathways that apps involved at each stage yeah and we also treat those diagrams as effectively another aggregating entity within ones so a bit like we can uh, just was mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh, you can sort of group things by org unit by person. Uh, we also view thing, even things like diagrams. It's effectively a bill of materials on the diagram. Uh, the diagram has contains many processes and it contains many applications which map to those processes. So all of the views and things that we've developed in Waltz, which allow you to visualize a set of applications, 
They show me a breakdown of all the functions these applications perform or show me the authoritative sourcing. Uh, we can then project that view onto the, uh, the process diagram. So, okay, for the apps involved in this process, uh, then this is how they look. So you can start getting that sort of uh, quick insight, you know, show me for this process, how many of my servers involved in the process are going end of life this year. And that's something that would have been quite tricky to do because you've been pulling in information from all over the bank to try and work that out in one since the click. I think it's important to, to highlight the impact that had on, on, on the outcome we were trying to achieve. So from a from a, a delivery perspective, you know, we you know we help security officers of the firm look at their business processes, uh, look at the underlying technology and actually enable them to make assessments um today's point much faster i mean this is this is something that you know uh, we, we used to have a manual outreach approach which is to go and talk to every process owner dare i say manually ask them you know what underlying applications until you're using and to today's point you know we can answer these kind of questions in in seconds and minutes rather than, than than months at high cost right so you now have security officers empowered within the firm to, to use use walks use the data in it draw the conclusions make the assessments and they can do that in confidence that they're using the authoritative data and, and that's one you know authoritative data and and confidence in decision making is is another really big important part of warped as a solution um so yeah that's that's kind of some context around the business process management work we've done so thank you team for taking us through your use cases um and what Waltz does so jess i'd like to talk about um a slight change that actually happened at the end of 2021 when the Waltz team opened up to the open source community through monthly project meetings can you explain you know how maybe that changed the shape of the team and you know who kind of jumped on board from that point sure yeah uh thanks james um, so through the help of Thanos, we started having monthly project meetings last year. Um, prior to that, we had had some interaction through GitHub um, and with Atlas Markets and stuff. But we really started seeing more involvement with people from, say, RBC or uh, JP Morgan, um, places like that. Um, and we were also lucky to meet people from Canonical and from the Juju team. Um, so we got start to get much broader sort of interaction with the Waltz project. Um, and off the back of those, we also started having a separate spin-off with a Waltz working um, Juju uh, and what it could offer and the chance and what they could offer to the Waltz um, team in terms of getting the application set up um, within bank really easily. I would say the thing that really kicked that whole process off was a particular contribution from someone called Lubo, who um, contributed um, a Docker build um, of Waltz, which um, came with all um, documentation. It was really easy to get up and running with. Um, and that sort of sparked off the whole um, chain of events into getting um, Waltz deployed uh, easily and uh, resulting in the public instance of Waltz, which was announced uh, last week, I think, at the Waltz meetup that was held in London. So David, Jess, and Neil, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Finos Open Source in Finance podcast. Um, do you have any closing remarks um, for the people who are listening um, today? Well, first up, thanks very much for having us on, on the call. Enjoyed it. Um, just want to really uh, re-emphasize to people that Waltz is an open source community-minded project. So please feel free to reach out to us. as uh, numerous channels getting in touch with us. Uh, predominantly through sort of GitHub or some of the mailing lists. Uh, more than happy to speak to people regarding you know getting started. Uh, there's lots of great material out there. 
Uh, if you look at the world site, you know, he's got, got a link off to a micro site to give more information. There's some blog posts. There's quite a lot of introductory uh, tutorial videos. Uh, really, we just really just scrape the surface of what Waltz can do when we discuss some of the use cases. So uh, yeah, please feel free to reach out to us if you have questions. And yeah, thanks once again for having us. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who's joined us on the Finos Open Source in Finance podcast. It's been great having you here. Have a great day. Have a great evening and catch you all soon. Bye bye. All right. We hope that you enjoyed that podcast from the Waltz team and James McLeod. Uh, thank you to the DB team. Um, you may have noticed there was another participant in there, uh, Pedro from Canonical, and we are efforting to get a part two of this podcast so that you can hear from the uh, Canonical side and also the um, the charming of uh, Waltz, um, everything around that as well. So make sure you get involved with the community first. You could start by joining us at the Open Source and Finance Forum, July 13th in London. Uh, that is going on during Fintech Week London as well. Uh, that will be Monday and Tuesday. Our conference will be Wednesday. If you are a Finos member or an employee of a Finos member company, you join for free. If you are not, the early bird pricing is uh, ending at the end of May, and the schedule is actually being announced, I believe, the 19th of May. And then we'll have announcements on keynotes and everything else that's coming up uh, for Open Source in Finance Forum in July. Also, join us June 8th in New York. Uh, we will be having an open regulation innovation uh, meetup that is part of our Open Source and Finance meetup series. Uh, we believe right now we have Morgan Stanley speaking, we have the Canadian RegTech Association speaking, and I can't confirm the last speaker, uh, the last two speakers yet, um, but we will put that information out as soon as we have it. But there is a sign up form uh, right now uh, to attend in person or virtually. And as always, get involved with us uh, through finos.org. Uh, join the community on our Slack channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, through our uh, finos.org website, where there's information on how to get involved in everything. And finally, on our next podcast, we'll be announcing how that you can win free Linux Foundation training, uh, $2.99 value. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we have all the information. So with that, thank you. And as always, good day, good night, wherever you are. Stay safe.